if you don't listen to Wolfstag, you'll only be good enough to play for Accrington Stanley. Accrington Stanley? Who are they? Exactly. <laughs> Holy smokes, it's only episode 5 already. It, it feels like I've just come back and we're into episode 5. Uh, welcome everybody, welcome to Wolfstag. Um, I hope you've had a lovely week. I hope it has been happy and successful. Um, so what we've got for you on this week's uh, show, well... Well, my usual sort of like rambling nonsense. I like to throw a bit of rambling nonsense in. You know what I'm like. Uh, how did you like last week's, by the way? Did you like the driving episode? Do let me know. Um, it was a little bit of an experiment, and I might do it again. I don't know. It was a bit off the cuff. I'm a little bit wild and crazy like that. Um, but yeah, what's this space? I might do podcast episodes from more unusual places in the future. Uh, and trust me, I've got some weird and unusual places <laughs> coming up. <laughs> so this could get really, really, very interesting. Um, so what have we got for you this week? Well, as always, I have a little uh, poem for you. Um, that'll be at the end of the show. Um, I want to talk this week a little bit about um, fear. Fear, high states of emotion, and the detrimental effect it can have on us. So hopefully I can give you some uh, advice around that. I'm no expert by any means, but it's it's an area of work that I work in professionally. Um, and I'm just trying to share a little bit of my uh, wisdom with you there. Um, I have a little exciting update for you later on. Watch this space. Uh, I have some news, um, which is always fun, isn't it? It's always exciting. Um, but first of all... As always, we have the Wolfstag Week. Welcome to another incredible installment of the Wolfstag Week. Yes, I bet you're gagging to know what I've been up to. Not a lot. Um, I had to... Uh, well, I didn't have to. I chose to self-isolate with my parents uh, over the weekend because uh, mom on Monday went in for a new knee operation um, and I was being the dutiful son and thought you know I need to be there for them in case well she's on crutches at the moment she's hobbling around all over the place bless her um, but she needed to be Covid secure so um, in order to be there for her I had to isolate with her um, so it was it was uh, yeah, a weekend uh, at home uh, with the folks, watching the telly, not going out, not having beers, not seeing my lady. Um, my lady. She said to me this week, she does like the idea of an air of mystery around her. So from now on, she, she'll be known as my lady. You, hey, you asked for it, you got it. Um, yeah, so it was a bit of a quiet weekend, to be honest with you. Uh, which, to be honest, to be fair, was was needed because the weekend prior was a little bit of uh, yay, sort of like you know, full on. Uh, and this weekend is going to be yay, full on. It's not full on unless you go yay first. <laughs> That's the rules. Um, so she's well, she's fine, she's good. She's now got two bionic knees. She's like the Terminator. Um, so yeah, she's in recovery, but all is going hunky dory, which is great, great news. Because it's always a bit of a worry when someone goes into hospital, and it's as standard and and common place as that operation is. You know, going under anaesthetic, you know, going into into hospital for any sort of you know procedure. 
You know, and bear in mind, I mean, a new a knee replacement. I said to her, probably wasn't the best thing to say to her before she went into the hospital. Do you know when they take the bone out? Because they're going to cut. I mean, imagine where your knee joint is. So several inches above that and several inches below that, they're going to sever through the bone, remove that entire section, and replace it with with a new knee joint. And I said, being the good son, do you know you're really only a fleshy bit away from having a full leg amputation? She threw me a look, as you can imagine. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that goes through my mind. It wasn't the smartest thing I've ever done, but yeah, it's all good now. So yeah, she's she's got these two these two metal knees, which is it, it science is incredible, isn't it? Right. For all you naysayers, oh don't listen to the scientists. You notice how all these people are saying don't listen to science are on on their devices. Where did they come from? Right? They they didn't magic out of thin air. Science and technology created the stuff that allows you to communicate stupid ideas, right? So knock it off. Science gives us amazing things. Get with the program. Um, but she's recovering. She's doing well. She's doing well. It's all good. It's all fine. Um, so, yeah, it was a nice chilled weekend. Uh, but this weekend, uh, which I'm going to tell you all about next week in the Wolfstag week, uh, this weekend, me and my lady are off to Liverpool. Little hotel stayover, cheeky restaurant meal in the city, maybe one or two little drinky poos. Uh, while we're out there. And then Friday... Friday... is the Bond film. I know at this moment it's actually already... As I'm recording this, it's actually already out. People are watching it. So I'm actually trying to avoid the inset at the moment just in case some Egypt comes along and spoils it. Um, yeah, so we've got tickets booked, IMAX, comfy seats, and it's going to be near on three hours of just Bond bliss. And it's Daniel Craig's last outing, and I've absolutely adored his films um love sean connery connery is you know connery's the man you know he, he, he is bond isn't he was never a massive uh, fan of roger moore to be honest with you not a big fan of that whole that the way they took it very sort of camp and comical they're entertaining but for me i'm a fan of the books i like the fleming books and that what he, what he did with it, which was, I mean, it was the 70s and early 80s. It was, I suppose it was right for the time, but it just didn't, um, you know, portray Bond as I as I thought. The George Lazenby one, on a Majesty's Secret Service, Service, is actually a really, really good film. It's one of the best Bond films. So a little nod to him. He was brilliant. Uh, now, I really like Timothy Dalton's portrayal of Bond. He only got two shouts at it, which is a real shame, because I think, had he got the third film, th the third is a doozy, really. Had he got the third film, that would have been an absolute knockout. So I really liked what he did. He was he was doing what Daniel Craig did, you know, 20 years beforehand. So I like going back and watching his films. Now, Pierce, oh, God bless you, Pierce, started off so well. His first three films, I thought, were really very good. Goldeneye was brilliant. It kind of changed the tone again. But that last one with Madonna and the guy with the diamonds in his face and the invisible car and the really bad CGI. Oh, no, no, no. And we all thought at that point then, that's it, they've killed it. It's going to be an absolute disaster. And then Mr. Craig came along a couple of years later and we have what we have now, which... As a collection of films, I mean, I think his his five films are going to stand alone 
very similarly to, you know, there's been many, many Batman films and portrayals, but the Christian Bale three films kind of stand as its as its own entity. And I kind of equate it to that. I think Daniel Craig's Bonds are going to be this, you know, this arc, this story, which is just going to be completely, you know, almost like its own little Bond bubble. And it's brilliant. I, I absolutely adore them. They've done fantastic things with them. Uh, and I'm really excited to see uh, what the new one's going to be like. So that is going to be uh, my Friday. And I'll, I'll give you a spoiler-free, uh, in my thoughts, next week, um, what I thought of it. I'm going to love it. Of course I'm going to love it. I'm probably going to want to go and see it again, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give you an update on that. And then we wrap up the well. We don't really wrap up the week, but um, we kind of crescendo the weekend. Saturday night, um, we're off to Blackpool, uh, Mecca of the North, uh, to see Darren Brown's new stage show, Showman. So excited! Massive fan of Darren Brown. Love the stuff that he does with with the psychology and the magic and hypnotism. Um, yeah, and I've kind of, I've, I've kind of, yeah, I've probably mentioned it previously. I've kind of dabbled in little bits of stuff like that. I find it, I do find it fascinating how, how you can use words and language and nonverbal communication to to uh, manipulate and, and control. It sounds really bad, but you know you don't realize how powerful that stuff is. Um, so it's just kind of it's a bit of a weird fascination for me, really. So really, really looking forward to that one. Milady, not so much, because she thinks she's going to end up on stage. We'll see. <laughs> and I can only report back next week to let you know uh, how that all went. Um, but that will round off the week. Maybe a nice little cheeky breakfast Sunday morning. Maybe a nice roast Sunday afternoon. Little cheeky episode of Gone Fishing Sunday night. We start the week in you. Hey, what could be better than that? How's your week been? Can I just have a shout out to Brentford and the people of Brentford? Um, I'm sure you're lovely, lovely people, but you've probably done my head in this weekend. I am a Liverpool supporter and a Sale Sharks supporter. Football rugby union from a sporting perspective my two great loves and Brentford Football Club you did us at the weekend fair play congratulations but you held us to a 3-3 draw and then the following day we actually returned Sale Sharks returned to your stadium right Brentford Community Stadium right Brentford Football Club play out of there and London Irish Rugby Union, Premiership Rugby Union team play out of there as well. And you hosted us, Sale Sharks, my other great sporting love, this weekend. And held us to a draw. Tw when both teams were leading. Oh my word, I have never been so frustrated in my entire life. Fair play to both teams. I mean, you deserved it. Um, but, oh, it's just, yeah... How we both, how both teams threw away really good leads in, in, in both games, and how both teams came back in their second halves and uh, and levelled the game. Uh, it's just yeah, a, a round of applause to you guys. Well, well done. You, you deserve it. But on the on the flip side, okay, 
and relax. Bizarrely, on more than one occasion this week, I have heard the phrase, look at them lot over there swearing with all that effing and jeffing. Right, I know what effing is, and this is a clean podcast, so I'm not going to go into details. But can anybody tell me what a Jeff is? Seriously, what, what, what is it? What's a Jeff? What does it relate to? What does it refer to? What I, I don't know. I genuinely have asked other people, and, and people who use that statement all the time, you know, they use that saying, oh, they're effing and jeffing, right? And, and they just repeat it parrot fashion. Right, but not a single one I've spoken to can tell me what a Jeff is. So, if you know what a Jeff is, or if you are Jeff, please drop me a line at iamwolfstagoutlook.com. I really want to hear from you. Get in touch. Now, on the subject of sort of like little funny sayings and stuff like that, I'm sure everybody, you know, in your own areas your own localities communities have your funny little colloquialisms colloquialisms for those of you listening in australia it might be called a colloquialism uh you know what i'm on about those little sort of like phrases and sayings that are kind of unique to, to where you live uh, and it got me thinking this week and i got reminded of it as well now i am let's just explain this again as as much as i sound scouse and from liverpool I'm not from Liverpool, right? So I'm from the other side of the water, right? Across the River Mersey. Liverpool's on the north side of the Mersey. We're on the south side of the Mersey. So we have a very similar accent, although mine can be a little bit mixed up, but that's, you've heard that before, right? But sometimes there's little sayings that, that will happen over here that don't happen over there and vice versa, right? So one of them that, that, that jumped out to me, I remember this week is, on my side of the water, uh, we've never heard of the word minty other than in respect of a mint, right? The plant or a sweet, right? If something is minty, it, 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 it tastes of mint. Got it. Now, what I didn't know is in Liverpool, minty is dirty. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. In my head, it doesn't make sense, Right? Still doesn't to this day. But when I first got introduced to it, I was working in Liverpool. I spent a couple of years working over in the city, uh, right across the road from Matthew Street, the home with the Beatles. Um, and it was brilliant. It was it was a great place to work. It's a fantastic city. If, you, if you've never been, get yourselves to Liverpool. Um, and it was brilliant in the summer. We'd open all the windows and music would be blaring out on Matthew Street. There was buskers doing, you know, Beatles tunes and all the different foods from around the area. It's a great city to eat in, actually, uh, if you get the chance. Head up and down Bold Street. There's some brilliant restaurants. Anyway, I digress. So we're in the office. And Paula, who worked our reception, uh, was going to go and fill up the tea urn. Massive big, one of those big fellas, right, that you get, you know, holds like gallons of water. That basically they're a, they're a kettle as well. You know the idea? It's got the, the, the little tap on the front like that. So off she goes to our little kitchen. Little kitchenette thing in the office. She comes back five minutes later. Oh, I can't make a brew. The tea urn's minty. Now I heard this. Now I couldn't figure this out, right? So she, she means dirty, right? 
But I'm thinking, Minty, how on earth does a tear get Minty? Someone dropped a packet of polo mints in it or something. And I'm like, Paula, how is it, how is it Minty? You mean the tea taste of mint? As someone, I thought, someone's got one of those little mint tea bags. You know, those kind of, you know, you get these fancy tea bags that aren't actually tea. Right, they're not, it's not tea. It's not proper tea. Tea is tea leaves in a mug with milk and maybe a sugar or a sweetener, whatever. Or not, right? But that's, that's a proper brew, right? Those fruit things, they're hot fruit drinks. But they're not tea. Anyway. So I thought, what a dapper was. Someone's been a bit daft here. They're thinking, this is how you make one of those mint teas, right? Is you don't put the tea bag in the cup, right? Or in a little teapot. No, you shove it in the tea and so everything tastes a mint. So I'm like, Paula, has someone put something in the kettle then? Is something, have they dropped polo mints or put one of those mint tea bags in or what? Have you been playing around with the tea and She went, no, it doesn't taste of mint. Well, you just said it was minty. Yeah. But it doesn't taste of mint. No. So how do you know it's minty then? Hang on, she said. What do you think I mean when I say minty? I went, minty, like mint, as in tasting of mint. She went, no, dirty. And then she explained it. In Liverpool, minty means dirty, right? So if you go and rub your hands in soil, your hands are a bit minty, right? I have no idea of this. So it's, it's fascinating that now where words and phrases come from. So I'd be really interested. What is something you think is local to you? What, what's your kind of local sort of saying that like, you know, when you, when you go out of town and you say no one's got a clue what you're talking about, I'd be really interested to find out. So drop me a line at iamwolfstaggeroutlook.com uh, or drop me a line on the socials. Give me all your best words and phrases. People, people, calm down. There's plenty of petrol. It's not running out. Stop with the panic buying. What's all that about? Come on, relax. Stop listening to your politicians and the media. They're just going to panic the life out of you, right? It's all good. It's all fine, all right? Few issues, but if you're going to go panning up at a petrol station, you're just going to make the situation worse. It's getting like when we first went into lockdown, the panic buying that happened there, which baffled me. A little bit. It wasn't like your fresh fruit, veggies and stuff like that that was getting completely sold out. No, it was pasta and toilet rolls, which kind of begged the question, what did people think was going to happen that required an awful lot of toilet roll and pasta? Who knows? So, yeah, just chill your boots a little bit. It's all going to be good, because at the moment, you're leaving people's petrol tanks emptier than Manchester City's ground on a game day. Right? Chill. Nature plays a cruel trick on us. In times of high emotion, when our limbic system is triggered by an emotional event, fear, excitement, joy, anger, and so on, one of the side effects is, amongst others, is the inability to make sensible, conscious decisions. We enter a state that is like an autopilot. Now, from an evolutionary point of view, this was useful. When fight or flight kicks in because a saber-toothed tiger is about to pounce, you don't really want to waste vital seconds pondering the options. Our limbic system takes over and steers us, hopefully but not always, away from danger. Thousands of years ago, 
evolution gave us this ability. And by and large, it saved us as a species. The problem is that we live in a 21st century world, but still have those caveman impulses. What once saved us has now become a detriment to us. Ever wondered why the emergency services tell you to stay in the car if you've been involved in a road traffic accident? It's because so many people have been killed or injured because they stepped out of the car blindly and into oncoming traffic. In normal circumstances, we would be cautious and look carefully before engaging in a dangerous environment. But our prehistoric caveman brain has yet to catch up with 21st century dangers. Even simple things like being in a heated argument and blurting out something which you don't actually mean. So many things are said in the heat of the moment which we instantly regret. It's the old limbic brain taking over and making decisions for us. But are we slaves to this reaction? Well, in short, no. Once we become aware that emotional states can lead us into bad decisions, we can then recognise it and actively stop and think before acting. Recognise it. Recognise when the emotion starts. It's not that difficult to do because you'll find that your body starts to react too. Your heart might start to race, you might flush and sweat, you might feel your muscles tense or get that nervous feeling in the pit of your stomach. If you can be more aware of your physical responses to events and also recognising what sort of things trigger you, you'll then have the starting point to de-escalate your emotions. Rationalise it. Is this a measured and useful response to the event that's triggered it? Is it helpful for you to be in this state right now? The answer is usually no. How useful, genuinely, is panic? Fear, anger, aggression. Mostly these emotional responses cause more hindrance than help. Now, I'm not saying to be some sort of emotionless vulcan. Emotions make us who we are, and we should acknowledge them and allow ourselves to feel them. But when it gets to the point where they begin to rule you, then you have to make efforts to put them in their place. Control it. Once you have that level of awareness, you can do things physically, which then has an impact on your emotional state and returns us to a rational thinking state. Firstly, control your breathing. Deep breaths, in and out. Sit or stand quietly. Be aware of your body and how it's reacting. As you slow and control your breathing, any other nervous feelings should start to subside. So nervous shaking should cease, as should those butterflies in the stomach and any other physical responses you feel when you're in a high state of emotion. Activate your thinking mind. Try to recall something. Try and remember and even speak through a process. If it's an emergency, Say what you should be doing and go through it. This forces the limbic brain to subside and brings the frontal cortex into play. This is our rational thinking brain and this part of the brain gets pushed back when the limbic brain takes over. By thinking and processing, 
you're going to reverse that process. Now, all of this will take practice. If you're not used to doing it, try it out. Test yourself. If you deal with anxiety, for example, maybe try to gently expose yourself to an environment which triggers it and then use these techniques to de-escalate. But do be careful in that process. If you can do those things, practice them, make them part of your daily life, you'll find that those moments that trigger you, that give you anxiety, that cause you to feel fear when you shouldn't feel fear, and a whole array of different negative, destructive emotions, you'll be able to deal with them better, make better decisions, and live a more peaceful life. Exciting news, everybody. My second book of poetry is released today. Yep, October 1st. Well, that's assuming you're listening to this on October 1st, isn't it? You could be listening to it in a few weeks' time. In which case, it was a few weeks ago. Um, but my second book of poetry, entitled The Plane Leaves at Six, is available now exclusively on Amazon. Uh, initially in hardback. Uh, then we're going to have a, a Kindle release uh, on the 1st of November. And then December 1st, we're going to have the paperback release um, as well. So you'll be able to get it in whatever format uh, you choose. And I'm even, this is a little bit of a heads up as well, uh, I'm even thinking of doing an audiobook version uh, of both of my books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might actually go ahead and do it and record it myself, uh, which hopefully, fingers crossed, will be available via Audible. So watch this space. Uh, and also look out for the uh, hardback cover of the first book, Wolfstag Poetry and Words, which I'm hoping to get that released uh, before uh, the end of the year as well. So some nice little stocking fillers for you there. Uh, please, you know, buy them, uh, enjoy them, tell your friends about them. Uh, if you do buy one and you like what's, what's in the book, please do leave your comments and feedback uh, on the Amazon page because uh, it promotes it, gets a little bit of promotion then and it, it goes up the charts and stuff like that. So, yeah, that'd be really cool. That would be very, very cool. Um, very unlikely, but very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, please, please do. So it's available now. So it's called, and you can go onto your, your um, Amazon apps, go onto the Amazon web page. It is called The Plane Leaves at Six. Get your copy now. This week's poem. Little bit of a change of pace this one, really, because you know what I'm like. I'm usually sort of like waking up at two o'clock in the morning with words buzzing round my head. Um, but not this week. I wrote this week's poem while sat in our local job centre. Now, don't worry, I wasn't looking for a job. It's not like, oh my disaster, what's happened? Have they finally cottoned on and surfed you out? <laughs> no, no, I was there in a professional capacity because um, I mentor young people, so I was there to recruit some uh, some young people to give them the help that they need. Yeah, not all superheroes wear capes. So I was kind of waiting for my uh, clients to come along, my young people to come along, and we just was just playing around with words and, and came up with with this week's poem, which is called Stop Pause. I hope you like it. 
stop, pause, think, relax, take stock, take a break, stay awake, decide wisely, listen, ingest, invest your time, believe, achieve. And just like that, my little chickadees, we are done, like the proverbial kipper. Thank you for listening. If you've got any uh, comments, stories, uh, things you want to share, feedback, so on and so forth, the whole malarkey, the whole nine yards, please do get in touch uh, at IamWolfstag at Outlook.com. Uh, or you can find me on social media, I am Wolfstag. Contrary to last week's episode, I'm still toying with the whole TikTok thing. I don't know. I've been drawn into the dark side of TikTok. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. I'm still I'm still undecided about it, but hey, we'll see. Um, yeah, so please do drop me a line. It'd be absolutely lovely to hear from you, uh, from our lovely listeners, uh, which will be fantastic. Um, make sure, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, please make sure that you subscribe so a new episode drops into your little inbox every week so you haven't got to go hunting around for it. It's a good idea, isn't it? Ain't technology marvellous? Um, give us a like, give us a share, give us give us a rate, give us some feedback on there as well. Uh, that's always brilliant, uh, and it really, really helps the podcast at the same time as well. Um, and that is it. Have a cracking weekend, and I'll speak to you again next week. Laters. Laters. <laughs>